Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today we're going to talk some USA football with Coach Harvey Hyde. USC spring practice starts tomorrow and it's open to the public. So come check it out if you're around the USC campus, you know, 3.15ish or so on Tuesday or Thursday afternoons and also uh, Saturday mornings. But if you're around USC and you want to come out, check out spring ball, you can do that. If you have any questions for us here on the podcast, Especially anything, if you come out to practice and you want to ask a question about something you've seen, drop us an email, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can leave us a voicemail by calling 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or just go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. You can leave a message right on the left side of the page. Uh, we're on iTunes. Please go to iTunes. Give us some positive feedback. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, we're on Audio Boom and Stitcher Radio and TuneIn Radio, a lot of different ways to check out the show. And we really appreciate that you are doing that right now. So let's bring in the coach. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. What is up, Coach? How are you doing? Ryan, another beautiful day in Southern California as we get close to another football season. It's amazing how fast uh, the offseason goes. And then we're into, of course, the uh, spring uh, part of it, then summer workouts, and all of a sudden football's here. I was up at uh, Vegas this past uh, couple of days and had a chance to watch UNLV spring practice, and it was great. And uh, they had a seven-on-seven passing uh, league there this weekend. So a lot of football, and it's all going year-round as it does now uh, in not only uh, the college level but also the high school level and all the levels. Yeah, it's a, it's a year-round deal, and uh, you're seeing it all the time. There's always something going on. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about one of those other somethings because the NFL Combine is wrapping up today, actually wrapping up, or it might just be done while we're taping the show. Um, before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. SCTickets.com is the website, or you can give them a call at 1-800-888-7287 if you want to catch uh, the end of the basketball season. Clippers, Lakers, if you're local, uh, you want hockey, uh, baseball, spring training starting up. So you're going to have that coming around pretty soon. And, you know, here in LA or anywhere across the country, you can go to sctickets.com and they're a great resource to, to get you tickets and hook you up. They really are, especially too, if you're planning on going to the tournament or, uh, the final four or the Dodgers season, which is going to uh, start here shortly. You know, they, uh, can help you out with those tickets too, but. You know, you gotta have two teams play on the field to get you to get out there and you gotta win, uh, to attract crowds. So let's get into our thoughts on USC and spring practice. Yeah, for sure, coach. Um, so lots to, lots to get to. The first thing, um, I wanted to talk about, well, you know, we mentioned the, uh, like we're having someone to call in and, and join the show. We had a really good right. voicemail. So please make sure you call in if you do want to be part of the show. Uh, we'll probably do it sometime in the middle of spring football or maybe just afterwards, but we had, uh, someone write a poem. Uh, and, and called it in and it was pretty funny. So we had some good stuff coming in on the voicemail line, but just call 641-715-3900, extension 816-646. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us why you should be on the show with, uh, me and coach and we'll, we'll, 
arrange a time. We'll call you up and we'll all just talk football, three of us. So I think it'll be kind of fun. So uh, we have some good entries already. Um, send them in and we'll do it sometime probably during or after spring football. Um, okay. So coach, before we talk about spring football coming up, uh, there's some combine talk going on. So USC sent uh, eight players to the NFL combine, uh, three offensive linemen, um, Davian Mama, Chad Wheeler, Zach Banner, uh, a couple wide receivers, Juju Smith Schuster and Darius Rogers, uh, Justin Davis, uh, the running back, uh, and then two defensive players, Adore Jackson, who was going this morning, looked really smooth out there and ran a good 40 time. And, uh, the transfer from Utah, Stevie Tuikulavatu. So, uh, pretty good showing from USC as far as numbers at the combine. Um, but there's been a lot of talk on Twitter and, um, the message boards coach about the strength uh, of those players. Uh, didn't have great numbers, at least in the bench press. So Mark wrote in, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. He said, why are USC players so weak? Every time I watch SC play, I find myself questioning if they spend enough time in the weight room. It almost seems sometimes that our players get bullied by other players. That was pretty evident versus Alabama, Stanford, Utah, and now the NFL Combine. Do you think if uh, strength workouts are a priority at SC for, do you think that strength workouts are a priority for USC coaches and players? The teams are not like the PC era. Those players were men amongst boys. Current SC players are good players, but look like boys amongst men, especially at the Combine. Zach Banner, Chad Wheeler, Darius Rogers, and et cetera. Thanks uh, for all you guys do and listen to you guys all the time. That's from Mark. Well, Mark, uh, you know, there are different type of uh, strength programs. First of all, if you want to uh, be a uh, lifter and go to the Olympics and do that, there's those types of lifts. And uh, there used to be a philosophy that the more you could lift, the better of a football player you are. And that's not true today. Uh, you have to be a well coordinated player you have to be able to run you have to be able to uh, play with your weight uh, and i think sometimes and i think too it's important to be strong and conditioned as far as being the strongest player being able to do 45 reps at 225 pounds i'm not going to draft a kid because of that uh i mean i'm not drafting a weightlifter i want a football player so I think there's a happy medium on both sides of that. I mean, you heard the comment on Kristen McCaffrey. He only did 225, I think, 12 times or something like that. So what? He's a football player. Do you want a, uh, the strongest running back in the country? How, how about a quarterback? You want the strongest quarterback in the country? No, you want the best quarterback. You want the best running back. You want the best linebacker, whatever it takes to play. So that's why I said last week, and you heard me mention that I really believe that the combine is overrated. It's for the player that maybe nobody knows about. It's for the player that's maybe on the bubble or the edge that maybe gets some exposure that does an amazing thing where you go back and you say, let's check more into this player and find out just who he is or watch some film on him. So, you know, uh, Yes, I, I don't think USC's strength program is one that measures how much weight you can lift. I think it's the type of strength program that measures how you become a better conditioned athlete 
for your strength, size, speed, conditioning, endurance, and all of that. And I think there are more programs going towards that than there are as far as how many reps you could do at 225, which is impressive, don't get me wrong, especially if you could do all of the above that I just mentioned and then be able to do that. So, you know, I don't think you're looking for weightlifters. You're looking for football players. And uh, I, you know, and, and I'm not looking for the guy who can jump the highest or standing long jump the farthest or whatever it is. I'm looking for a com- combination of all, and and I'm looking for, and I would find this out on a pro day anyway, or I'd know anyway, that Stevie T's lost about 15 pounds and so-and-so's done this and done that. How many times uh, do you have to do this? And look how fast they go through it. Like, look at the quarterback story in the passes when they had the quarterback. Run up, run up, the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. What are you accomplishing? And as people said, it was the first time a lot of these quarterbacks have ever taken a, a snap under center. And if you watch their technique dropping back, it was horrible. Why? They've never been coached. They didn't know what they were doing. They've never played under center. So what type of evaluation are you getting there? So, you know, it's good, it's bad, it's an excuse for everybody to get together. And, and then they send uh, Reuben Foster home because of, of well, he didn't want to wait in line or the line wasn't going fast enough for them to examine his shoulder. Now, you really had to find out if Reuben Foster can play football. Yeah, I don't think you have any question about his ability playing football. By his injury on his shoulder, you can do that back on campus or fly him into a specialist where you have not 15 minutes to examine him, examine him but have your team physician examine him completely. So it's a way of uh, you know getting more marketing, and that's what they're trying to do. When March Madness is coming up, so all the attention is towards college basketball, so the NFL is smart. They want to have something to go against it, so it's the combine. And then comes the draft. And when baseball starts, when did they have their draft? Right when baseball starts. So the NFL is smart on how they time all of their events. Yeah, I agree with you, Coach. And, um, you know, the, I, different strength programs certainly have different philosophies. And there's ones that are, yeah, the bench press is a big deal. And then you talk to other people. I talked to someone down at USC, uh, I think it was on Friday, that was like, you know, you know what are you doing in bench press? Like, what does bench press make? What's that mean for the football stuff? And and people take shots at the combine. And I, I think for scouts, they want to see why things don't change a lot is because they've got this historical record of they've been doing this for a long time. So you can at least compare apples to apples. If you ran a 40 from 40 years ago and today, I mean, they're, they're still running the same race. Um, and you can kind of compare those things. Now, is there better ways to test speed? There's better ways. to t- Yeah, I mean, there's. There's certainly better things, but they have this measurement that they've used for a long time, and they at least have everyone do the same thing, so you can kind of compare them. Uh, but it was a little, I mean, you know, like if a Darius Rogers only puts up eight reps, um, you know, like you said, it's a wide receiver. Do you care what Christian McCaffrey did on the bench press? No, you see what he's doing on the field. For the offensive lineman, you would kind of expect there's a, a strength factor there, and the fact that, you know, who, who performed the best out of all of USC's linemen the guy that transferred in from Utah to Stevie Tuikolavatu. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can see some of the concern there, but I, you know, and, and we really would like to talk to, 
um, Ivan Lewis about this. He's not one to talk to the media a whole lot. We've tried to get interviews with him before, and it's just it's very few and far between that you can kind of get one. Uh, but I think that's going to be a topic coming into spring football, and I think he's going to be uh, requested by most of the media members because this is this is kind of a hot topic right now, Coach. People are saying, why are these USC players not putting up bench numbers? What have they been doing? And this is after three months of really just training for the combine. So I'm sure that the, all their bench numbers have got better because they're they're training to do it um, over the last three months. But what were they doing before that? Is you know bench press or whatever is that just not a priority? Um, how is that you know does it impact you as a football player? Like I don't I don't think it does. It's just a different philosophy. But what is the philosophy? And you know should it include something where you could put up more reps on the bench like that? Well, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it's how you catch a football. It's how you block. It's how you do. You know, if they want to really do it real, then they ought to put them in full uniform. And they ought to run their 40 in full uniform. And do everything in full uniform and jump in full uniform. Because some people carry their uniform better than others. See how fast Ross can run the 40 in a, in a uh, full uniform. Find out all that stuff because that's what you play in. It's not in all this slick type of gear and special shoes and all these things. That's not the way you play football. But, you know, it's just my opinion. And, uh, yeah, maybe they're not bench pressing as much as other schools. But, again, they have a philosophy. And I think last year they won 10 football games. I I think it was uh, 10 or 11. How many games did they win last year? For For USC? Yeah. 10 games, yeah. Well, well, that's not too bad, is it? No. Ending up third in the country and you only bench press so much? <laughs> well, if you continue to bench press so much and you win 11 games next year and 12 games, and everything seems to be all right. So maybe they don't have the strongest players in the world, but uh, they'll work on that. They want the best athletes in the world, okay? And let that athlete perform. All right, Coach. Um, before we, we have a few other questions, but I wanted to kind of get your thoughts with spring football starting tomorrow. Uh, I know you're going to be out there to come check out some of the practices. When you go in as a coach, what are you going to be looking for specifically with this team? Like what, what are you kind of areas do you want to watch? Um, you know, what are you going to check out here for spring football? Well, the first thing I like to do is get acquainted with the new players. I like to take a look at, uh, eyeball them, like an eyeball a player and see what he looks like in his uniform. And, you know, I've seen so many videos on him and, read what people think of them, and I've evaluated them at times, but not up close, not up and able to really give them the, the eye test and watch him move in a uniform and watch him adjust to drills, and as the spring ball goes along, how they be, improve, and if they're intimidated by the returners, do they step in the back of the line? Are they willing to compete? If they get knocked down, do they get back up? Do they go over and ask questions? How do they handle coaching? Uh, what is their athletic ability? Forecast their who may be one of the top new players on the team. What uh, year? When, they, when can they contribute to the program? I like to do that with, first of all, the new players that are in. And if you're there when I'm there, I'll probably ask you, but you'll be there more than I am. I'll say, Where, who's this kid? Where's that kid? Where's Sears at? What's his number? all these different things, because I haven't looked up his jersey number yet, and I'll get a roster when I get there. 
but I want to see who the new players are and evaluate them. Just like last year, we said uh, we were there, and I thought EJ or Price was the top freshman athlete that came on into the program. And it's very unique that he is still in school. And if I remember uh, when uh, Pat Hayden made the uh, announcement they were going to give scholarships for four years, well, uh, Price is still in school. He's still attending classes, as it was announced. So I'm just wondering if he'll be back with the USC Trojan football program, because he's one heck of a player. So I don't know. That's a mystery to be solved. We'll see what happens there. But uh, that's what I try to do when I first go. Then I try to evaluate if it's the same offense, the same defense, the same techniques. I want to see if I recognize anything new they're trying. And, of course, in the spring, I'm going to be looking at the place kicker, Mike Brown. In case the place kicker does not return, they kicked a winning field goal in the Rose Bowl game. I want to see what situation that is in. I want to look at the new snapper, because snapping is very important. This Johnson kid from Citrus College, Glendora High School. I want to watch him to see exactly his uh, consistency and uh, see the importance of that. So as I, you move around, you want to see, you know, uh, all the different players. But as you know, it's difficult to see a lot of it up close. Because where we stand, Ryan, it's very difficult to watch it. Yeah, it's, a, it's it can be a challenge sometimes, but there are a lot of good storylines. There's definitely some mysteries out there. Um, that we're going to have to see. We still do not have a roster yet uh, that was provided, so we were expecting that sometime soon, and that hasn't happened yet, and spring ball starts tomorrow, so we'll see. I assume there's going to be one that's going to be sent out today, and, you know, seeing who's not on it. Um, you know, is Matt Bormeister on the roster? I won't expect he will be. EJ Price, is he going to be on the roster? I don't expect he will be. Um, so there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff to kind of look for, too. Um Tarek had, we had actually a couple of questions from Tarek. His first one was, if Jack Sears is able to win the number two job, would he still redshirt since Matt Fink could do mop-up duty? What do you think about that for the quarterback spot? No, I don't think they'll redshirt him. If he's number two, he'll be number two. Because when you know you're number two, then you'll work harder and you won't be down with the uh, scout team, and you'll get better at running what USC does. And uh, I think uh, with the you know other quarterbacks that have committed that are coming into USC, you have a number of uh, great players that are lined up to come. So you want to start competing, and I don't think they'll redshirt him at all. I think they want him to get reps. I think they, they want him to be in the huddle. They want him to be paying attention. They want him to be... Uh, doing what's necessary to be the backup quarterback if something happens. Now, Sam Darnold and him redshirting and being down both certainly didn't hurt him. He became a great player doing that, and that'll give someone that opportunity. But I don't think right now that's in their plans, okay? Uh, I would be surprised uh, if they were going to use Matt as the backup, not saying he can't do it or whatever, but I'm going to have to see him improve a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens there. And you know, I was when I spoke at the Trojan Club of Orange County event, um, Tyson Helton was very high on Matt Fink, so he'll that'll be another kind of thing to watch. Whenever you get a new quarterback, you always want to watch them. But that's a good question, Tark. We'll have to see how that uh, unfolds. 
Um, I don't think any decisions will be made in the spring, but you know, that'll probably be more of a fall thing. He also wanted to know, he said, Ronald Jones needs to get better at catching in order to be a complete back. Should he do some work with the receivers this spring? Oh, definitely. Uh, you, you know, when you're good at certain things, then you obviously will get better, but you got to improve the things you're not quite as good at. And that's pass blocking, but you're not real physical. You've got to be able to know how to step up in there and how to pass block and keep your shoulders square and, and don't lunge and all, all the things that are necessary to be a good pass blocker and also working your hands and catching the football and hand-eye coordination and also getting your eyes checked. I used to always see that sometimes when a, uh, a player couldn't catch the ball very well, in some cases it wasn't just his hands, it was the, uh, an eye uh, seeing problem. Never did realize some kids have never had their eyes checked. And uh, you, you don't realize it until you check their eyes that they really don't see the football, they see a shadow, until the ball's right there with them, right on top of them. So you do all the necessary things to make sure you're not missing something that makes him a better football player and and gives him the opportunities to get it done. You teach him how to catch a football too. It's not you just you you know you call coach because you got to teach kids how to do certain things. Some kids have never been coached or taught how to catch a football or never had their eyes checked. Different things. So you know you 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 do the complete program. And I'm sure USC does that. I'm not telling you USC doesn't do that. I'm sure they do do that because they have all the uh, doctors and things that are necessary to do that. This is the first time that somebody said this, I'm sure. But, yeah, you better improve on the things you don't do well. And if that's one of the things they consider he doesn't do well, then it's time to work on it. Uh, Yeah, good stuff there from Tarek. Um I'm curious, coach, to see, uh, you know, with Justin Davis gone, um, you know, what the, the running back rotation is going to look like. Um, any thoughts on that going into spring? I mean, Ronald Jones, you know, potential to be a superstar there. He's had some really amazing moments. Uh, but a bunch of young guys that, you know, we're not sure what, what we're going to see there. No, I, I think it's a very important uh, phase of spring practice in finding out just who is going to be one, two, three, and LFBI, can he play a tailback, or is he going to be more of a fullback type of back? He was an outstanding back in high school. I don't know if he's the type of back to uh, – maybe he's the type of back to uh, run goal line situations. We'll have to see that when you need the tough back in there. And, again, I think – car coming in in the fall you have to evaluate too and where his place is going to be but uh you know yeah i think that's an area with a lot of evaluation because you've got to have a back and all these backs aren't big backs but you've got to have backs who can pass block as well as be receivers and you can't start to get tendencies from who's in the game uh, and formations of when it's run or pass so these guys, they got to learn how to do those things in short yardage as well as pass block, be a receiver, and be a complete back. So I think that's a, a big period for the new running back coach to do that evaluation and get out there and do what he has to do and, you know, every day in every way get a little bit better and better. 
And uh, I think the kids have got to understand, too, what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and work on that. And if it's going out early at practice to work on this or staying after practice to work on it more or watching a lot of video in special areas that you need to be taped on and coached up on, you got to do that. But as far as the, the backs, they certainly have the talent. Now they've got to make sure they get them in the right position where they can perform and get better. We have uh, one last question for you, Coach. Um, he said, hello, Ryan, Coach Harvey Hyde. This is uh, Maybet from Ontario. Thanks so much for your podcast. You always provide your listeners with good, honest, unbiased information. I'm also happy a happy USCfootball.com subscriber and encourage your listeners to sign up. Thanks for that. Uh, the subscription is so worth it. Uh, you get credit for increasing my USC football IQ. Well, that's what we're trying to do here. Um, he said, my question is regarding the tweets to prospects and signees. Uh, so this is a little off topic. I get, at what point can the fan bases send tweets to them, if at all? It makes me nervous when I read tweets from fans to prospects and or signees because of possible NCAA, uh, he calls it National Corrupt Athletics Administration violations. Please provide guidance on the issue. Thanks to keep up the excellent work and fight on. And I'll say a few things first, Coach, and then get your thoughts. Um, yeah, so during the recruiting process, uh, when someone is an unsigned prospect, uh, you shouldn't be tweeting uh, those athletes at all. You shouldn't try to convince anyone to go to USC or anywhere else. Those are all potential small or, you know, real small NCAA violations. We see a lot of that, and there's a lot of people that come out and say, don't tweet at signings, don't tweet at signings. But once they sign, um, then they're not, you know, a commit a, a recruitable athlete anymore. Uh, then you're okay. Then you could just be maybe creepy, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in kind of violation. But yeah, if you're, if you're considered a booster or a supporter or whatever, and you're trying to convince some prospect who's unsigned to go to a school, technically that's an NCAA violation. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, how they enforce that, I have no idea. Uh, maybe just take one of the recruits phones and go through it and see who he's been <laughs> t- tweeting to, but think that'd be a very difficult thing to do but i don't know if a prospect would select a school because of a booster uh texting them and tell them we really want you to do it'd be an absolutely crazy if it was a legal thing to do he'd be getting ten thousand tweets a day yeah i mean it's ridiculous and you had every every cheerleader tweeting them and and everybody else because that would be what would be happening because uh, if one person does it, everybody else does it. That's what happens. You know, if they can do it, I want to do it. Uh, so right now in the facility war that they're having, oh, if they have a 60,000-square-foot building, we need a 100,000-square-foot building or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you could do it. Yet I don't think any player would go somewhere because of it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what the NCAA does because you can't really patrol – the, the whole internet and, uh, you know, you can see there's, there's bad, you know, some schools are worse violators than others. They'll get organized and not that the school organizes it, but like fan bases or whatever it could be coming from a blog. Like, let's all tweet this five star running back and try to get them to come to Michigan or Florida state or whatever. I mean, there's, you, you see that happening <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I would, if you're thinking about it and you're like, I probably shouldn't do that. You're right. You shouldn't do it. Um, it's not a, uh, you know, you don't want to be part of the recruiting process. You have to let the coaches 
do that. Now, once they're already, you know, enrolled or they're already signed, um, and then it's funny for a prospect coach, they see their Twitter after signing day, a lot of them see their Twitter followers go way down because they had a whole bunch of people following them from like multiple schools. And then it just becomes, okay. So if he signed with USC, anyone that's a UCLA fan that was following him probably unfollows him at that point. Cause now he's not going to your school. Um, so, so for, for the prospects, they kind of like all the attention, uh, but then it kind of goes away or at least, you know, is reduced after they sign with a school. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just this weird area of social media that we're in now. Uh, there's a lot of good aspects to it, but there's some bad ones too. And it can turn off. I mean, I, we've seen it where prospects say, man, I just can't like, I think Nebraska might've been one of those schools. Like they were just relentless. And, uh, and a prospect said something like, you know, I just couldn't take their fans anymore. I had to drop Nebraska. list." So you can probably do more harm than good, I would think. I agree with you. There's a certain point of where you oversaturate it and, you, and, a, and a recruit gets burned out. They've heard that they want to decide for themselves. They don't want to be told. And uh, I think you can hurt yourself in sending too many letters, and all of the above. I think there's, there's just too much of it going on. I think it's overkill right now. I don't think recruiting should... Uh, be what it is right now. I don't think the practices and camps should be what they are right now. Not at the university, but I'm talking at the high school level. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm in a, I'm in at UNLV and there's a club team all the way from Honolulu. There it came over for the weekend to be in the passing league. I mean, these kids, it's a great trip. And, but golly, I mean, these kids are doing it year round and now all of the California schools and other schools are all playing in Hawaii and playing in Florida, playing all these different games because of, you know, being able to recruit. It's open recruiting almost in high school now. There's no rules being enforced. And, uh, oh, we're making a trip to Hawaii. Why don't you come to our school? Whatever. And I'm not saying something out there that people don't know. It's happening. And uh, there's not uh, they're not enforcing it. And uh, they've let it go. It's It's out of control, okay? It's out of control, and so they say, the heck with it. There's no way to enforce it, so screw it. That's exactly what's happening on the high school level, and and at the NCAA level, the, they're looking for things to do. They're bored. Yeah. They know uh, <laughs> right now they're at a point where nobody cares what they say, and, uh, and everybody's mad at them anyway. So uh, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of those topics I'd love to talk on someday with you, Ryan, about some of the experiences I've had with, and coaches have had with a lot of these organizations. Okay. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Um, well, hey, coach, great stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to spring football, uh, starting up tomorrow. We'll have Dan Weber on the show, uh, sometime this week. And I think we'll have Gerard Martinez come on too, talking recruiting. I, you know, I think we wanted to have shotgun on to talk some basketball. Also the basketball tournament starts this week. So lots of, lots of stuff going on around, uh, USC athletics right now, but thanks again, coach for coming on. Hey, thank you very much. And I want to wish the, uh, USC basketball program the best. I was down at the Washington game on Saturday. It was great seeing them win uh, their final home game of the year and win 23 games. That's great. And now go up to Las Vegas to play in the PAC 12 tournament. So again, uh, I just want to make sure, make sure everybody knows, follow me at Coach Harvey Hyde, at Coach Harvey Hyde. 
and I tweet out some different things, and maybe you'll be interested in them. Or sometimes I have guests on some of my shows that you can pick up by just going to the computer, and and I'd just love to have you be a follower. So, Ryan, again, thank you. Take care, everyone, and buckle up. All right. Thanks, Coach. And everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. We will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.